0: Industry under pressure, innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly, his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation.
1: Okay, folks, we're going to have a pop quiz. You know, every once in a while we have to have a pop quiz, and uh, today is the day. So i got a few questions here for you. I'll give you a chance to uh, get your pencil and paper. All right, everybody ready? Number one, when did the first gas station open? Now, I know uh, here in the U.S. we call it a gas station, um, but, you know, whatever, whatever it is in your particular vernacular, you know, petrol station, filling station, but it, the point is when was the first one? And here are your choices. A, 1888. B, 1907. C, 1913. Or D, all of the above. All right, you got your, uh, you got your answer for that one? Are we ready? Let's go on to number two. Number two. By 1940, 1940 how many gas stations were there In the U.S., I'm I'm going to. I got to keep this to the U.S. because if if I. So, apologies for leaving out the rest of the world, but the numbers become unmanageable. So, um, just in the U.S. by 1940, how many gas stations? A, more than 200. B, more than 2,000. C, more than 200,000. And D, no one knows. All right, you got that one, and we move on to number three. All right, number three. When was the first self-service gas station? Now, some of you, if you live in New Jersey or Oregon, I think still Oregon, uh, you're saying um, we still haven't seen the first self-service gas station because we're not allowed to have those. but uh, but for the rest of the world who enjoys the freedoms of self-service gas, when was the first one? A, 1947, B, 1964. C, 1973, or D, it depends. All right, that's all the questions. Pencils down. And uh, let's, uh, before we get to the answers, before we get to the answers, there's probably a couple of things I got to talk about here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the uh, Oil and Gas Technology Podcast brought to you right here on the Oil and Gas Global Network, the largest and most listened to of podcast for the oil and energy industry. We do have a lot of things going on at OGGM, folks, I got to tell you. And we are, we're getting close to the end of the year. Um, here it is. Uh, it's mid-December. And uh, we're looking at what we're going to do next year. And it's a lot. It's big. So make sure that you keep track. Um, Follow along. Follow along at home. You can do that most easily by uh, probably following us on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, uh, and and listen. Listen to various OGGN shows because uh, our hosts will talk about what's going on in addition to all of the other uh, lively conversations that they're having. So so stay plugged in. Stay connected. And uh, there's going to be some cool stuff next year. All right. Now. Um you're probably thinking with that with that intro that I just did I know I know your mind is racing trying to make the connection to what is the episode going to be about why is he talking about the first gas stations maybe it's about the technology of 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 filling pumps which which actually it's not but it, that would be a good one because I learned a little bit when I was looking at this and uh um I learned a little bit about um uh kind of how that we I think we're going to have to do an episode I got to find somebody who could talk about this but it's it's really interesting how it went from basically buckets and funnels to, uh, to curbside portable pumps to the built-in pumps. And, and, uh, apparently there was a guy who invented a kerosene pump and that really kind of paved the way for a lot of other things. But anyway, uh, that's not what it's, what it's about. The reason why I was focused on the the filling stations today is because that's where the oil and gas industry really has customers. I mean, you can define various relationships all throughout the supply chain as customer-like relationships, but, um, but, unless you ever hear anybody say that we don't have customers in this industry, um, you know, at some point, somebody has to uh, take the product that's been produced and sell it to somebody who's gonna use it. And, um, and so we do have customers. And so that, that, in fact, is what today's episode is about. Now, um, back to the answers. Actually, you know what? Um, you're gonna to have to wait. You're gonna to have to wait till the end of the episode. What I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna kick into to our, our two guests uh, today and, uh, and and we're gonna hear what they have to say uh, about this whole customer thing. And then when we come back at the end, I will share the answers to the quiz. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm OGG and welcome to Jason Olbickson and Bobby Dornboss. <laughs> and We are here at the Fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston, where the sun is always shining and the birds are always singing and the people are always happy. I, I, I believe in full audience transparency um, most of the time, except for when I don't. And, and in this case, I'm going to confess that you two guys aren't, you're not still smiling because I'm making you do it again because we, <laughs> we just screwed up the first three minutes and uh, some sort of technical malfunction uh, in the mind of the host. And uh, and so we're so so we're gonna we're gonna do this again uh, and we're gonna try to we're gonna pretend like it's the first time we've ever said okay. this. Okay. We were brilliant by the we way. We were good though. We so were hopefully really we'll be as good again. We going. were really good. I'm, I'm here with uh, with Jason Olbixon and Bobby Dorn I, I I stumble on yours a little bit. Dornboss. Is it Dornboss or Dornboss?
0: Dornboss, that's it. Michael, Dornbos. you're doing great. Dornboss because,
1: because Jason says you, you sound like a, you got a little bit of a long O in there when you say it. Olbixon no Dornboss oh Dornboss Dornboss anyway, so these guys are from salesforce uh, and um, and you are the um, um i know you I know that you guys are working here in this region with a lot of oil and gas customers, and you, the two of you have been working together for uh five years and well, i'm trying to remember everything else i said in the last the last little repartee that we had but anyway we get to the point where because i didn't do any homework on each one of you to find the little interesting things about you i'm going to let you do i'm going to let you introduce each other and and jason you were you were going I, first I i'll start so yes. i i think of I first bobby met bobby yes but, uh, well first I just want to give him
2: accolades. Bobby is the brains of our oil and gas practice. I think that's what our audience needs to know. You didn't say
1: that the first time. The the ante's going up. Yeah, uh, yeah. he leads our solution
2: (laughs) engineering team for our oil and gas practice, our energy practice. But I, I told a story before of when I first met Bobby, he came in for an interview, a panel interview that we make everyone go through. And he had a beautiful man bun. And I thought it was ridiculous, but probably it was because I was a little jealous of it. Yeah, because you
1: are. What did you say? Follicly challenged. I'm follicly challenged, so follically I don't have. Challenged. I can't pull off a man bun. I'm a little bit follicly. It, it
2: would myself. look funny. But uh, I think you cut it off before you came to day one, right?
0: Yep, yep. Uh, I went through the entire interview process just to see how bad Salesforce wanted me. Because I had that, uh, I had that man bun right. It was perfect, right in time for the trend to be done. So I had to get rid of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. It, is the trend done? Is it, is, it, is it over? Is Maybe it, it's coming back. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't I even want to try
0: to grow it out again because I feel like I'd be disappointed.
1: Yeah. yeah I, would, I would be. I have, a good, I have a good joke about man buns. I'll tell you guys. I, I can't tell it on the microphone. Oh, my though. wife we're would love have, to hear we're it. We're going to have to. Oh, well, she would probably love this one. But I, it's, this is a family show, so we're going to have to save it forever. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Bobby, talk about this guy.
0: Oh, Jason Olbookson. He is, so uh, just to fill in a little bit of the blanks, I, so I manage team, our, our oil and gas industry solutions team. I manage a bunch of solution engineers. That's the, the best and most important role at Salesforce because we we are product experts, we are customer experts, and we are industry experts. So we map everything that Salesforce cares about when it comes to growth in an industry first practice. Um, and we become the trusted advisor to the customer, right? We're the good cop. Um, And and yeah, that trusted advisor piece is the most critical to us. And I mention that because Jason was one of those at Salesforce for a very long time, most of his eight years. So Jason and I were once the same, but now he's the uh, global go-to-market director. So I focus on the Americas mm-hmm. uh, as of now, as we continue to m- industry verticalize more and more, that that is sure to change. But, but Jason has purview of the entire world. He was just in Dubai last year, uh, or last week, rather. Um, <laughs> and so he <laughs> makes sure I'll that our... Awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> our our message is crisp to every level of customer gotcha. right from the 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 majors to to small mom and pop shops he gets to in uh, like interact with their executives and preach the good word of, of how we add value um, he's been gosh uh, he, he was a great SE too but I think he got uh, I think he got bored with doing demos so he wanted to do more of the talking head thing and he does that even better uh, he comes from like the, this world though. Uh, he's worked a lot in, in upstream software over the years, right? Like P2, not, not well view, but it was called like well something. You spent time at a lot of that stuff in technology. So you come from a good, well-rounded background to be in the place that you are now. And you should get uh, it. That's a much better better
2: introduction than I did. Keep going. Keep going. You're doing great.
0: I could. Yeah. And, and I feel like, uh, We've when we work together for the last like I don't know five plus years we've really treated oil and gas for a long time as like our own grassroots practice because Salesforce is a really a company that lets everyone they're they're empowered to do their own thing and bring the best of the best to our customers right that's part of innovation and um, and yeah. inclusion and all that good stuff that we stand by and so. We've worked together in the trenches to come up with some of our our best stories, best demonstrations, best presentations uh, that have really grown our business a lot over the years. So it's weird to think how significant we are to Salesforce's oil and gas business, but it's it's just true. We're that's great. It's
1: fantastic. Yeah, that that was <laughs> that's really good. So what I got out of that, though, if I had to distill it all the all the way down, is you used to do work and now you just talk. Exactly. Is that pretty much? Pretty I much. think that pretty much yes. sums up. Yeah, yes. as you used to do and, and more talking, less responsibility. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about why I have Salesforce on the oil and gas tech show. Um, because it's not something, you know, there's like this joke in the oil and gas industry that, you know, unless you're talking about just the end retail side of the business, which doesn't get talked about a whole lot, um, is that, you know, oil companies don't really have customers like they, they probably ought to think like they have customers, but they don't typically think like they have customers. So how did how did it just let's just a little, how did this company that's been a a long time you know early leader in the CRM uh, why wh- why do you have an oil and gas team working what, what, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, what many folks might not understand is that uh, you know we're we're a 22 year old or so company. We've been in oil and gas uh, since just about the start, right? With some of the biggest oil and gas names uh, that you'll that you would recognize, um, and I think that. With all of those relationships, a lot of it starts with CRM. I mean, especially if you think back to when we first started and even a decade into our inception, CRM was our biggest thing, and it still is. We still plant our flag in that space. We innovate, we acquire based on being the best CRM in the world. So that that elephant in the room doesn't really offend us. Lots of oil and gas companies have tons of B2B and B2C uh, customers that we help them with. And what we've seen over the years is that the smartest people that work in the biggest and smallest companies, they see the value of our platform outside of just those customer interactions. Yeah. They see how we can help them engage with their own employees, their external stakeholders and vendors, and even stakeholders like regulatory commissions and, and communities where they're trying to get large capital projects going. And so. It's always been about the message. Uh, so we've always been more applicable to yeah. we've been applicable to more than CRM. But it takes people. It takes understanding our platform, and then it takes us getting our act together and, and building that message up to take to to new and existing customers alike.
1: That was uh, that was really good. He yeah. like. It's good that you brought him along. Yeah, he's the brains of the operation. I he's, told you. He's, he's,
0: he's, Jason uh, and I talk nonstop yeah. to Yeah, B- about so this topic.
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. So <laughs> let's, and it just occurred to me, maybe we should back up just, just for like a minute. And um, because there are probably a lot of people maybe who listen to this show who aren't, you know, what is CRM? Um, it'd, be, it'd be useful to, I mean, CRM is customer relationship management. The CRM space, as it were, um, Jason, maybe just like, like if you were explaining it, Like, how do you explain it to your family and they don't understand it? Yeah, I mean, I think what we kind of say is it helps companies provide a 360
2: view of their customers and helps them engage better with their customers. And that could be managing leads, opportunities, campaigns, marketing material, e-commerce, everything that a company that has a customer does and needs to engage with their customer. That's essentially CRM, customer relationship management. It's typically sales. We had some service aspects, a marketing aspect. And then what we say is those same digital capabilities that help companies that have customers, and there are some in oil and gas, the downstream and the oil field service equipment companies, those same digital capabilities are equally valuable. Mobility, collaboration, streamlined workflow, analytics, are equally valuable engaging the folks that Bobby just mentioned, suppliers, employees, stakeholders, and even the asset. Can you actually make the asset a customer and improve your relationship just like you want to sell more to a customer, you yeah. want to keep that asset
1: running longer with more uptime, and the same capabilities help. Right, right. No, that's um, it makes sense. And and also, uh, we should probably mention that I believe from from inception, Salesforce has been uh, software as a service, right? Or, or at least for a long time. Yep. I know for yeah. sure. Born in the cloud, but even before we said cloud. Yeah. Right. It would...
0: Cloud since 1999. Think about what cloud was like. A uh, Parker Harris and Mark Benioff our, our founders. They made a a big ass bet on cloud. Right, we were yeah. still putting in, C, uh, you know, CD-ROMs or whatever to to get access to email over AOL. You know, and <laughs> yeah. we're saying well, all all business software will be delivered over the internet. Was so that now? Was that huge. even
1: pre uh, hyperconverged infrastructure, or or did you get like just at the beginning of that? Because uh, I don't remember exactly when the internet data centers became, you know, when they stopped having, you know, uh, 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 storage boxes and compute boxes and network boxes and all that. But it it probably was right around then. Yeah, it was was right around then. And I think the vision has
2: always been of, you know, Amazon at the day was just ordering books and like digital enterprise software should be as easy as ordering a book. Now you can order anything on Amazon. And that was always kind of the vision is it should be yeah. easier. It should be web-based, it should be in the cloud.
1: You shouldn't have to train t- to learn how to do it. It should just be intuitive. Well, that was the thing I remember was, uh, was, was it, that was what, that was your edge on your competitors at the time was, yeah, you just, you just open it up and start using it, right? right. You just, all right. So enough of the Salesforce commercial but I, but i wanted people to have some sense if they're not familiar with with that cuz a lot of people in oil and gas operations maybe don't get exposure to that i want them to have a sense of kind of where you guys have come from so if we fast forward back up to present day um, you're getting opportunities to go in so oil oil companies um are are engaging with you and they're and they're aiming you at various problems or scenarios right so what Um, so, so I want to get into a a few of those that I think are really interesting, but, um, just in summary, what, what are the kinds of things that you guys are, are seeing out there where you can create a lot of
0: value? Jason, let me, can I start? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Please do. I think, yeah, if I were to put it into a couple of buckets, I would say that, Customer centricity is number one. And then there is this this massive push towards maintenance and field service and even remote work with, with the pandemic and people being remote and then this energy transition. So those three. But first and foremost, it, it's it's still heavily about the customer and that we don't need to steer away from that. We need to double down on it because yeah. a lot of these old stodgy oil and gas organizations are finally getting to the point of sophistication where they're ready to <laughs> to, to move the digital levers to go in that space, yeah. go in that direction. And their customers are demanding it, right? Like it, it, you know, five years ago, it sounded crazy to think that like for downstream lubricants or oil field services equipment, someone would really wanna go and have a shopping cart procurement and ordering type experience. That kind of stuff is happening now.
1: Yeah, so let's talk talk about that a little bit because the old stodgy oil companies, uh, but it is, I mean, there is a shift. And so you guys coming in as, uh, you know, with your heritage as being among the cool kids with the man buns and and whatnot, Well, how does it look to you? Like when you're, when <laughs> the man bun's gonna keep coming back. Um, so when you look at um, when you look at uh, um, when you look at this, like what do you, what are you how, what are you seeing from your perspective? Like where do you see that that it's that we're doing a good job? Where do we? Need, you said we need to double down. Like what's your uh, when, when you're hanging out uh, and 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 uh, what does you say? You talk about this all the time. Yeah. How do we look to you when you look at it? I mean, my take is the downstream
2: is probably the leading edge on that, just how they're going to market both with their retail fuels and lubricants, direct channels, indirect channels. They're just getting a lot more customer-centric. Right, right. E-commerce, you know, loyalty applications. Tracking what people buy when they go in. Yeah, so, hey, uh, you know, Michael loves a candy bar on Friday. He didn't get his candy bar this Friday. We need to send him a, a discount. Did we lose him as a customer? And we know on Tuesday, if it's cold, he likes to buy hot chocolate. So let's make sure. So what you don't know
1: is I didn't buy the candy bar on Friday because I knew you would send me a discount if I didn't buy it. Then, so yeah. I'm, just, I'm just working the yeah. game. The system. So things yeah. like that. I think all these customers are getting
2: a lot smarter in their B2C motions and also in their B2B motions. And, and you know, five years ago, I remember walking in a room and people saying, yeah. How do, you, how do your customers order lubricants via the fax? And I almost fell down, had to pick myself up. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> how, said, how long ago was that, five years? Five years ago. I didn't even know fax machines were still wow. in existence. And they said, they love ordering via the fax. I was like, do they really? Who loves sending a fax to someone? Wow. And even when it was modern technology, I hated it. So it's, yeah. there's got to be a better way. And I think people are starting to get that. So that's kind of... Where I'm seeing the, the tip of the spear. The,
0: yeah, the industry has been full of great ideas uh, for a long time and very smart people but due to everything from pandemics to oil price wars like the execution piece has been difficult and I think that we're finally seeing this this more the, this heavier focus on on the path forward, right? We've seen some of these yeah. companies invest heavily in things like IOT and augmented reality. And so great, but then that's the same customer that's using faxes to you know, <laughs> ship and and transact.
1: <laughs> well, really what the they backup, do is- The
0: experience of like employees is just broken. Really what they do is line. they
1: enter the order into their computer screen and then they print the screen and then fax that. Right. That's it would the, not surprise yeah, me if
2: that is happening right, right
1: now. I want to get back to you, too, also, though, uh, Bobby, you mentioned something about energy transition, sustainability. Um, it's a popular topic. I, it's one of those things that I feel like we, we need to talk about it because everybody's talking about it, but everybody's talking about it, so maybe people are tired of hearing about it. But what, <laughs> what's, uh, <laughs> what are, what's your view on how, – how are you guys getting involved with that, and, and where do you see that um, the opportunity there?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big topic. It's also a million topics, right? I think that the biggest benefit that it has been to to Jason and I and and, and the Salesforce Oil and Gas practice has been the access that it's got us. They uh, energy companies see that that we are leading um, in tech in 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 the market as a as a sustainable cloud, right? And they see that we also offer. Uh, sustainability cloud. They see that that we have like capabilities. They see that we're a leader in in this space, so they want to hear what we're all about. So it gets us access at a very high level to to then hear what the problems that these these energy executives are facing and what's ahead and, yeah. and things like that. And so that's been the biggest value is just that that access. But I feel like what what happens every time is that that we find out that this is going to be a path that we take together. Um, And I think um, selling the value and showing the value and teaching the value of our entire platform is the biggest value, right? We think about all these things are gonna touch energy transition. It's not just about your carbon emissions. It's about the communications to your external market, including customers, including suppliers. It's internally how you champion and empower employees about new directions that the company is going. Um, It's about sharing information externally with all of these parties. And of course, there's gonna be things like field service and big data analytics and all of these other things that we can help out with, so it's really just us trying to get involved as a partner for this generational, several generational problem that we have. Yeah, um, that that should probably kind of start the answer. But again, hey, no, this good. is a this is just a huge conversation every time. It,
1: it's it's a tremendous conversation. In fact, um, uh, I was I was moderating a panel here in Houston a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Rockwell Automation Fair that was at the at the George R Brown and. Um, and, and in, the, in the preparations to moderate this panel, somebody said, you know, we wanna talk about this and this and that, and right, you, know, you gotta prep with the panelists. And one of the headings was sustainability. And after trying to figure out how to work a discussion on sustainability, into basically a two hour panel that's also hitting five other things, like everybody came to the conclusion that we're just not gonna talk about it. Cause you, cause it's- It's it's (laughs) it's, it's like go big or go home. Exactly, like you can't can't get in a box. But there is this one part of sustainability that I think relevant to this being the tech show is I hear people all the time, people on this show, people on some of the other ones, people in conversation, all the time say, The digital tools are going to play a big part in helping uh, customers, uh, helping oil companies to the transition with sustainability. But nobody ever really says specifically how. Like, 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 there's this working assumption that digital tools will help. But you guys have some examples of like how. I have a pretty good example. So I think I kind of equate
2: what's happening right now as we're building the airplane while we're in flight. Yeah. So technical agility is key. Sure. Time to value is important. And I think if you want to know anything about Salesforce, the headline is, you know, we are very agile, adaptable platform, configurable, highly adaptable. Um, So that's really important. And the example I have is there was a company, I won't name them, but they are operating in California and they had a requirement to buy carbon credits. Yeah, yeah. So this was a new requirement. I think I know what company that might be, yeah. And and they were buying carbon credits and we're doing it very manually and then realize, hey, maybe technology can help us, stood up an instance of Salesforce very quickly to manage the carbon credit process, build out a lot of deal acumen, we're getting more efficient in that, we're able to get better terms and conditions, and realize that they were doing it better their competi- competition, and now they could start buying carbon credits for arbitrage, buying to sell them. So think about you know, nine months ago, this wasn't a requirement, then it was a cost center, now it's a profit center, and I sincerely think technology was the catalyst for that journey. And so that's what I think when I think of digital being able to accelerate this. There's all kinds of new business processes and models and acquisitions. You have to onboard and optimize, and digital can help accelerate. Yeah,
1: so so it's not even, so I guess what you're saying is it's not even so much, before you even get to what specific digital tool is doing a particular thing, just the ability to have tools that can be adapted, changed quickly, you know, because because the the historical way was, right? Like you plan a project, you know, you get the budget, you know, some years later you finally see the, the, you know, if anybody can even remember what the project was for anymore. So the ability to have like a digital foundation that's very adaptable and can, as you're going, as you're taking your business through a transition, the ability to have tools that you can kind of fit up to whatever the problem is very quickly, that, I think you this said it better huge. than me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I, I, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you, provide, you laid the groundwork. You laid the groundwork. But um, anything else, Bobby? Anything else? Like any any examples of where you, of where you see that? Okay, digital tools are helping people in this sustainability thing.
0: Yeah, it's because I said these conversations are very nebulous. You see, like, all these things they've got on the docket for years to come that they want to change. It's always hard to get to what's actionable. Sometimes that is tracking their own emissions, but sometimes we see a lot of gravity going towards, like, the investments that they're making in new business models, whatever, whether it's buying carbon credits or investing in green startups, maybe acquiring them or investing in those areas. And We help a lot in that area, right? They're going to have new customer bases. They're going to have new business development efforts. Uh, Those are very core to CRM, customer relationship management. So they think, oh, hey, how about we utilize Salesforce as something that is turnkey for us starting up these new business models and these new business ventures and that that's right in our wheelhouse and it it points back to the flexibility that Jason was talking about. Everything that we've done for the last 22 years is about kind of two things when we think about what customers are going to use us for. They want market standard, right? They want to be able to do the things that every business has to do. They want to be able to do those well, but they need that flexibility and and the democratization of that like programmatic side of the tech to be able to make all the proprietary things that they want to do better than their competitors, right? And both of those have to work in Symfony, right? I want to be able to convert leads and service customers and, and run analytics, but I also want to be able to do these custom-tailored processes that make my company the best in our in our market, right? So it's both of those on after one login and on one platform. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the big value.
1: Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Um, I think, so um, kind of putting a wrapper around all of this stuff there's this general concept um which I actually I can't take credit for inferring this because you guys told me this before we started but uh <laughs> but <laughs> but there's this listen well <laughs> there's this um there's this umbrella of uh which is a very common theme right now that everybody's which is helping people do more with their data or I think um Jason you had something that you said when we were chatting before, uh, operationalizing data or something like that. Anything, anything that we haven't really, anything that's top of mind that plays into that theme, good observations or things where you're seeing um, you know, good opportunities, people making progress. How are we doing on this whole doing more? Because we've all been talking about doing more with our data for a while. So how are we doing on that? Yeah, I think we're getting there. We're getting there.
2: I, think, yeah, I, think, I mean, we're starting to see people. I call it data-driven cultures, you know, based on decisions on information, on intuition. So at the end of the day, like leveraging technology to unlock, analyze, and act on your data, it's kind of the holy grail. And I think um, yeah. people are starting to get it. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the business case, all three that we just talked about, I think there's. I mean, yeah. Know, data's a key driver. <laughs> optimize all of those processes right 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 well that's that
0: you look at you look at every problem we're trying to solve whether it's somebody using spreadsheets for CRM and trying to develop their their business that way all the way to like B2C commerce and and controlling that it's all about Having access to the data that you have, being able to get new data easy, and then making decisions based off of that, right? Learning from your business and being able to drive change and action in the palm of everybody's hands so that you can actually continuously improve. Just like digital uh, uh, digital transformation, which is a buzz phrase, there was that whole idea of continuous improvement that was just really nice to say and really nice to yeah, hear. Yeah, sure. Data was at the heart of that and it just was another one of those things where it was really hard to execute on. And so us making massive investments in things like MuleSoft and, and Tableau and, and Slack, all of those at their core are about making data accessible and, and sharing like that around your enterprise, around your customer base and your external market. So data is at the heart of all of that. So it's gonna be the journey that we continue to to to, yeah, you know, push forward with until Jason and I retire, which will be never,
1: never. Um, well, so you you, you made a good point, incidentally, in there, which is, so you mentioned MuleSoft and Slack, and <laughs>
0: coincidentally okay, made yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah,
1: coincidentally. No, I mean, like, like, that was not exactly they in the main Stumbled mainstream, upon right? a good point. Well, yes. um, so, <laughs> but what but what we see right is that a lot of the success, um, is dependent on using multiple, bringing multiple th- things together, right? Um, and whether whether you do it through, you know, what you guys did, which is through acquisition of other things, or what we're seeing also is a lot of partnering and alliances um, and things like that. But um, the old, you know, the old notion of like the monolithic platform that does everything, I mean, we all know that's no good anymore. But the other, but the, but the reason why sometimes people gravitated toward that is because well, have you ever tried to make all these different things work together? Like, you, you, you kill yourself just trying to make everything work together. So, um, or, you know, the other thing that would happen is, well, such and such software company just bought this other thing, um, and now they're trying to sell it to me together, and I can see that they have not integrated the two products yeah. yet, and they're all just... So, how do you... So, um, those are obviously really good acquisitions, uh, but how do you deal with the bringing them together so that they're effective uh, for, for the customer? or did you just slap up No, I
2: mean that's the hard a, part and slap some pain it's a on the I mean, some yeah. of these are kind of beating hearts and you can't just rip out the beating heart and yeah, or and report it onto or another Or the platform. data over
1: here doesn't just automatically right. work in the data with the data right. over there, right?
2: I mean, I think cuz of the cloud and our open APIs, we're really good at integrations and that kind of gives us an advantage to to pull in data even if the data doesn't live natively in our core Salesforce platform. You right. can easily pull that data in. Even from our other, there are applications that are not run on our core platform, but we can integrate right. those and action on the data in the core you know, Salesforce platform because of some of those integration capabilities. Yeah. It's a different world now, right? Like, it's different. But it, you're right. I mean, that's, a, that's it's easier said than
1: done. And even at our best, we still struggle with that sometimes. But some mm-hmm. so many things are so much easier now than they used to be, right? Like it used to be, like you can... Like there are like with 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 various tools, you know whether whether you're using a platform like like Salesforce has, where you can essentially, if I if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but you can kind of like configure new applications very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or whether you're using like a like a low like a low code no code platform, or like whatever or or whatever or using whatever the cool kids are using from from uh, Apache now. Um, like, the, the, whole, the whole notion of I need to create solutions and connect to data and integrate them today is very different from what it was even just a few years ago. I mean... It is, and, and
2: there's tools, not to get too geeky on MuleSoft, where, you know, they allow you to, to configure those integrations almost and yeah. set up standards so they make it a lot easier. You're not starting from scratch every time. So tell me
0: what... It, integration I, I
1: knew this at one time, but what does MuleSoft do? I'm gonna let Bobby cover that one.
0: Yeah, Mule, MuleSoft. We've been saying for years since we've always been at open API integration was possible. We make integration easier. Um, buying MuleSoft gave us like the jet fuel to actually connect those, those uh, bridges okay. and tunnels and, and data pathways for our customers. And and it really, it's just it's a, really it's a new integration methodology for a lot of these customers. But it's the idea of as quickly as you can build applications on on Salesforce's platform. MuleSoft allows you to build reusable data APIs. So application program interfaces, the the pathways in which you get that data, and then make them reusable, right? It's not like point-to-point integrations where I've integrated to my ERP system to some cloud application and I can do thing A. Now it's like I've created an API to my orders, I've created an API to my logistics, I've created an API to my HR, and for every application project i have now i can just go and grab those off of our api exchange and now get that that data from my reusable source every time so scaling integrations everything that salesforce acquires is about that we can build easier, and also it's scalable for your business, right? Those are the, yeah. That's the kind of due diligence that's you huge. do, obviously. That's, that's, I mean, what you just
1: described today. is really huge. Uh, you know, so the first question that comes to mind is, okay, well, what about when the end system changes? What about when we need to update the functionality? What about we need to, you know, it's an API, so now that I've added new access to, So those things in the past were always, are always the whole managing the releases and keeping everything in sync uh, was uh, was always kind of a huge I mean, on our deal. end, it's pretty easy because
2: we don't deprecate any of our APIs. Ever. I mean, yeah, Ever. you're always going to have those versions. We do three upgrades a year, which for some people like, what? Three upgrades? That's scary. But the way we do it, it all, the, all your customizations and configurations live in the metadata layer. So we're just right. updating the code. And we don't deprecate any of those APIs. So on our side, you're going to have those historic connections. And three times a year, you're going to get enhanced capabilities that you can turn on or leverage. But your same integrations are going to work.
0: And make... Make no mistake, integration is always going to be difficult. What yeah, we are sure. doing with MuleSoft and our platform is just making it easier incrementally over time, right? Right,
1: right. I got you. And then we all know what Slack does because everybody got acquainted with that. For, um, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, and I've worked for, I've worked with a few different companies now that use Slack as their primary communication, and um, it's it's interesting the kind of behavior that it, like I, I'm like. It, the the question is, and this is a topic for a different for another episode. But how do you how do you take these tools? Because they can be used to create order or to create chaos, right? And how do you use these tools <laughs> to uh, to create order? Um, that's a I, I guess you guys probably got top people working on that right now, right? We got our yeah. best guys on it, <laughs> top people. That anyway, um, we are. I'm looking at the time. We're probably getting at that point where we don't want people to change the channel. So if people want to learn more about all of this, uh, you know what you guys are doing. Obviously, we're going to put in the show notes. We'll put links to your, to your LinkedIn, and we'll put a you know a sales source. But is there anything, anything that you could you want to direct people toward any? special content any events uh, anything along those lines yeah, i mean we're, all, we're both on linkedin so Does bobby have a blog that we can uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know bobby do you have a blog y- you, you should you
2: have a about b- man buns there <laughs> it
0: is i was waiting for it ding 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 that's yeah. number 10 10th mention of yeah. man buns <laughs> ding ding ding
2: um i mean you can always find us on salesforce slash energy we have a lot of great resources. We do yeah, a lot yeah. of webinars. We actually have one next week, talking next Tuesday with the Oil and Gas Journal in partnership. We're doing one around oh, supplier yeah. relationship management next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central. So uh, go to the Oil and Gas Journal website and you can see that, or hit. So us this up will be.
1: So people will probably hear this episode after. Uh, no, well, this will, this will, this will, this will drop. Uh, next Monday. So, next Monday. so, so be, tomorrow, and, uh, <laughs> tomorrow must see, but it's, a, it's probably available on demand. I afterwards, think it'll right? be available yeah. on demand. Hopefully. I, would, I would think so, so. We're doing our so, job, so. right? All right, cool. And uh, we'll,
0: and yeah, one, one more note from, from the geeky side of things. If anybody here is interested in learning how trailhead works, uh, just as a technology stack, um, mosey on over to trailhead.salesforce.com. Trailhead, bit of a nature theme that we have, uh, but really it's free enablement for any customer, prospect, competitor, even to to get access to our platform and learn the way that we do things and get building yourself uh, and just seeing how yeah, Salesforce works. So good, good, please do. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that, great
2: yeah, plug because people have gone there, self learned, and then gotten amazing jobs as admins of Salesforce and just right, done the right. whole certification process and kind of a gamified experiential application where they can download an instance, start going
1: through exercises. It's an amazing tool. I might, I, I might consider that myself, yeah. but depending on how this whole podcasting
0: thing goes. We, we'd, love to, <laughs> we'd love to hold you accountable to that. You'll yeah. see how many Trailhead badges you get because yeah. it's
1: gamified. Yeah, Trailhead badges. I think you get a hat or something once you Dude, get a bunch. Yeah. I, I, uh, I could always use a hat. All right. <laughs> very good so uh jason Olbison, bobby Dornboss. i appreciate you yeah, guys making, making time i well i i was holding out on you the whole time um i appreciate you guys for making time and uh jason thanks for coming down to the canada it's a cool place right it is yeah. a very cool place and yeah. please invite me the next time yeah when well, we have our this our this industry really cool. her, yeah uh bobby if you're so bobby's in austin right Aren't yeah you, are
0: dripping you in austin? Springs? a little bit southwest Dri- of austin dripping i was
1: just in dripping springs recently can you guess what i was there for
0: Probably, yeah, a little uh, whiskey or wine tasting.
1: Uh, no, it was a wedding.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, there's, there's a lot like of wedding viewing out here. There's also, there's a lot tons of, album, of weddings. So.
1: Yeah, it was a wedding. Yeah, I, I always uh, associate dripping experience with weddings. But um, anyway, uh, beautiful, beautiful place there. All right. So, if you're, uh, Bobby, if you're in Houston, uh, uh, you typically right now in the holidays, it's a little bit screwed up. But coming back in January, it, it's always on the last thursday of the month that's when we have our industry mixers here put us on the list and, please. Uh, we'll get I'd love you to come. yeah it's, it's a good reminder for all of our faithful listeners yeah. and the unfaithful i listeners.
0: spent uh, about 20 years in houston so i'm familiar i'm sorry i missed 20 out 20 years
1: yeah. in houston that's uh that's that's enough to that's enough time all right very good thanks guys i appreciate it and uh uh yeah that's it we're done all right thanks, thanks guys. all right folks there you have it Good insights from the uh, the customer side of the business, and and it's good to bring it's good to bring that into um, into the our whole perspective as we think about technology and digital transformation. Um, these customer relationships are becoming more and more important, and it's great to see people like uh, Jason and Bobby out there doing doing good things for that part of the business. All right, now the answers to the quiz. Um, well, here's what happened. I did a dry run. Of the uh, of the answers to the quiz, and it's too long. So uh, it's too long. I'm gonna it's it's gonna be too long for this episode. Nobody wants you guys aren't gonna hang around at the at the end of the episode to hear all of that. So you got to come back next time, and I'm gonna do it in the opener for next episode. I'm gonna do the answers to those uh, those questions, but that. Is gonna wrap it up for today. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for uh, being part of the OGGN community. Like I said, we got great stuff coming next year. So uh, so stay connected. Thanks also to uh, the whole OGGN team and most especially my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who makes us sound fantastic. And remember, all right, just insert. I I gotta wrap this up. So just insert my creative spiel about how when you hear people talking about oil and gas, da 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 da, they're behind the times, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera tell them that we were tech before tech was cool
0: check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of oil and gas tech podcast a production of the oil and gas global network learn more at oggn.com